What's going on everybody? It's King here and I want to welcome you all back to the Plan to Fail podcast. Today I really want to talk about the topic of innovation. But before I get too far into it, what comes to mind when I even bring up the word innovation? Let me guess. A lot of the times you might be thinking it's something tech related. The next iPhone, the next computer chip, the next camera, whatever it might be. That's just the way we normally think because when we hear the word innovation in today's world, it's normally something tech related. But innovation really goes deeper than that. What innovation or innovating really means is finding new ways and more efficient ways to serve your customers and add more value to their lives. And today I really want to stress about why it's so important for you to keep innovating in your business because some of the biggest juggernauts in certain industries who stopped innovating pretty much became obsolete or even bankrupt. So Make sure that doesn't happen to you, and the best way to do it is constantly looking and finding new ways to innovate your business. If you've been through school, chances are you've been taught to fear one thing. That thing is called failure. What they didn't teach you is that the more you fail, the faster you will learn and succeed. Join me on my journey to uncover the reason why most graduates leave school feeling lost and confused. We'll unlock the secret to finding clarity, direction, and purpose in life. My name is King Lau, and welcome to Plan to Fail. I think it's extremely important for entrepreneurs to always find new ways to keep upgrading their business, right? We call it innovation, but what it really is, is always constantly improving. I think that's as basic as it can get. So... I feel like this struggle with constantly innovating is less prevalent in early stage businesses, early stage entrepreneurs, because they're still looking for new ways to find their niche, to carve out their area of expertise and trying to find where they fit in, in the whole world of business, especially in their industry. But it's just human nature that as we progress, as we get better, as we start seeing success, we get stubborn. And when we get stubborn, that's when we really struggle to constantly innovate because we're in a comfort zone. And when we're comfortable and things are working, it's very natural for us to stop thinking about new ways of improving. But that's normally a trap because the market is always constantly changing. The trends are changing. The world is constantly changing and moving forward. Take the internet, for example. 30 years ago, nobody had to have a website. Nobody would have to have a YouTube channel or an Instagram account to market. Everything was direct mail. Maybe even television was quite new at that time. But as the world progressed and pushed forward, businesses had to shift to meet the client's demands. And some of the business who did a really good job transitioned really well. And some of the business that didn't ended up being obsolete or even going bankrupt. And this is just a testament that nothing is guaranteed in the world of business or in life in general. We always have to constantly find new ways to adapt to the ever-changing world. Something that worked 30 years ago or even 10 years ago doesn't mean it will work today. And you always have to be very conscious and vigilant on the direction that our world is moving into and try to beat the curve and be there first. And a lot of the times it really is about pride as well. Acknowledging that something that worked for you in the past doesn't mean it'll work forever. And the people that are most in tuned with that and allow themselves to believe that 
things are going to change and things aren't forever, those are the people that will adapt the fastest and succeed longer. Let's use a few businesses um, that used to be juggernauts in certain industries that are pretty much now obsolete. Some of them are still around and some of them are completely gone. And the first example I have for you is Blockbuster. In the early 2000s, Blockbuster was the juggernaut in video rental sales. Something I've learned while looking them up was they made a lot of their money on late fees for the rentals they rented out. And I don't know, do you know this, but Netflix actually approached them in the like 2000 or the any somewhere in the early 2000s for Blockbuster to buy them out for a million dollars or so. And Netflix at that time would have taken Blockbuster's name and built out the online streaming side of Blockbuster. But Blockbuster said no. And now you're looking back in hindsight, it's crazy that they said no. While Netflix is worth about $26 billion or something nowadays, Blockbuster is out of business. And it was because of a lack of foresight. They thought that the world isn't ever going to shift to an online model. That was still in the early 2000s when the internet was still pretty new to its existence. And how wrong were they? Imagine if Blockbuster actually went forward and bought Netflix. They would be here today. You would still see Blockbuster stores. They could have had a in-person retail department, and they would also have an online streaming department. But because Blockbuster was so gung-ho on the fact that they thought that their customers wanted to show up and rent DVDs because it was a family event by doing so, they totally missed out on an opportunity. And now you don't even see Blockbuster around. They're completely gone. This one example really shows that how important it is to be forward-thinking and constantly find new ways to innovate. And that's only just one example. Let's use BlackBerry for another example. I know BlackBerry's still around, but they no longer make phones. They're basically a services company. I remember when I was in high school, everybody had a BlackBerry. I didn't have a smartphone until my 12th year, 12th year. I mean, my grade 12 year. <laughs> and it, it's quite funny because I wanted a BlackBerry up until that point. And by the time I had the ability to get my very first smartphone, I, like BlackBerry was obsolete. Everybody was moving towards Androids and iPhone. And why did BlackBerry have such a big fall? There was really a couple reasons. Number one, they didn't adopt the touchscreen fast enough. While Android and Apple were going full force onto multi-touch devices, BlackBerry was so stubborn that they thought that the consumer will always want to have a keyboard. And how wrong were they? And because of that, people started shifting away from BlackBerry. Another big mistake they had was trying to keep BlackBerry Messenger exclusive to BlackBerry devices. You had like services like WhatsApp, you had services like Keek, WeChat coming out, and those were available on every single device, while BlackBerry Messenger was only available for BlackBerry users, and you could pretty much only use BlackBerry Messenger with other BlackBerry users. And because of the fact that they didn't allow the service to be ported to other devices, that made BlackBerry Messenger obsolete as, like I said, services like WhatsApp came out, Facebook, Instagram, and a lot more other messaging services. And because of the combination of the two, BlackBerry stock plummeted. They were almost out of business for years, and now they don't even make phones anymore. That's another example. Let me give you one more example to top it all off, and that company is Nokia. We all know who Nokia was. 
Nokia was a juggernaut in the whole cell phone industry. They owned the whole market. This was before BlackBerry got big. This was before Apple made its first iPhone, before Android was even in existence. And they actually should have had an edge on Apple or Google's Android. But they refused to shift to a smartphone world that everybody was moving towards. They focused on the phone has to be a phone first and a smartphone second because everybody bought a phone for a phone. And because of that, they were so late to the game that they ended up having to use Microsoft's Windows Phone operating system. And as we know, Windows Phone was not so great. It didn't really have an ecosystem and it ultimately flopped. And because of that, now, Apple and Google own the whole smartphone industry. But it's quite crazy because of the history Nokia had. They should have had an edge. They had the research and development team. They had the funds to do so, but they didn't have the vision to push forward and keep innovating their business. They thought that for the rest of, I guess, human existence, people will only get phones for phones, not because that it's technically a computer nowadays. So if the biggest companies in those industries could be obsolete or even go bankrupt because of a lack of innovation, it's even more important for smaller businesses, for early stage entrepreneurs to make sure that they keep innovating because they don't have the funds or the resource or the public backing for them to make these sort of mistakes. So it's so important to be vigilant in understanding where the world is going. Um, If your company is serving your own needs as well, right? Because innovating for customers is one thing, but you also have to understand what's going on in your own personal life as well and how your business is going to help you live and lead the lifestyle you want. And I think this was perfectly illustrated by a very special guest I had on the summit, uh, Angela Brown. She's just a house cleaner, but she has been the most innovative person I have ever met. And after hearing her story, I asked her to be on the summit and I'm actually so happy to have her talk on the summit because as a house cleaner, most people might think that it's an industry that's dry, boring, or very basic, but she was able to innovate for the last 30 years to where she is today. She started out as a humble house cleaner and now she runs a global cleaning empire training other house cleaners how to run their own house cleaning business. And if you spend some time to think about it, it's quite crazy that when she started, there was no such thing as an internet. Most of her business was either through handing out flyers or face-to-face referrals, but she had to adapt to an ever-changing world that became more and more digital. And that's something that I was super impressed about because I don't think I've ever heard anybody speak more smartly on topics like SEO, uh, publishing, and all that stuff. And now, like I said, she is running her own online empire. And she publishes every single day, posts YouTube videos, and even has over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Think about it. A house cleaner has over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube just focused on teaching other house cleaners or other people how to properly clean their house. It's quite amazing how she was able to adapt in that. And it wasn't always like that. She started off really just as a house cleaner, but she was always a very systematic person. And she ran her business so well that she had other companies asking her to train their teams. Other house cleaning companies was like, can you train our teams how to do their jobs better? So she kind of took that opportunity and 
shifted and innovated her business from just a house cleaning business into something more focused on training and spent the next 20 years or so training other house cleaners how to properly run a house cleaning business at in-person conferences. But as 2016 rolled in, she had certain personal uh, things come up in her life and she couldn't keep running the business the way she did. So she literally shifted her whole model online. And that was like five years before the pandemic rolled over and everybody's scrambling to adapt right now. So she was ahead of the game. And that's why I was super impressed because in an industry where most people would just think it's super simple, she was able to find new ways to innovate. So if Angela Brown could innovate her house cleaning business, there's no excuse for you to not innovate and say that, oh, it doesn't work for me. There's no way I can improve it. There is always something you can improve upon. It just really depends on how you look at it and what your focuses really are at. And on top of all that, she was literally in her 50s when she made that shift to the online space. And that's why when I hear people say that I'm too old to adapt, I'm too old to learn. I mean, that's total BS because if she was able to shift her business from being in-person trainings to online trainings, there are literally no excuses for you to not be able to do it as well. So what I really want to encourage you to do is always find new ways to innovate your business. Think of new crazy ways that you can serve your customer better because sometimes the smallest shifts can make the biggest impact and you just never know. You just have to constantly tweak and try new things, especially when you see success. Never stay in that comfort zone and think that things are working, I don't wanna ruin it. You can always do a spin-off in another way. Doesn't mean you have to change your whole business model, doesn't mean you have to disrupt what's working, but it's always just finding new avenues you can improve. And if you see good results, you can incorporate it to your main business model. So what I really, really want you to take away from this and what I'm saying here is, number one, understand where your market is shifting. Never let your pride get into the way of you innovating your business. Never get stuck in the mindset that things are working well so I can just sit back and enjoy. Business is always changing. The world is always changing. Your clients and customers' demands are always changing. So you always have to change with them because if you don't, there is a high chance that there's going to be somebody else, some other company, some other business that comes into your market and disrupts it and takes away your business and you're gonna get caught flat-footed without any excuses because you didn't continue to try to find new ways to innovate and find new ways to improve your customers' lives. The second thing I want you to take away is understand how your personal needs are always evolving. In each stage of life, things are gonna change and your business should change with it because at the end of the day, your business should be a part of your life, not your whole life. So if you need to change the way you're living or certain circumstances have come into your life, Always find new ways to see how you can improve and make your business more efficient, freeing up your time so you can live your best life. The third thing I really want you to take away is keep looking at the competition to see what's going on with them. Don't compare yourself in a way where you're like, oh, they're doing this and you're looking down on them. What I want you to do is look at the competition, see what they're doing, what works, what isn't, be critical and compare it to yourself and what you're doing. And you gotta be super honest with yourself because if you're not, then there's no point in doing that. But if you're honest with yourself and your competition is doing something better, don't just copy them, but find new ways to one-up them. 
especially focus on the companies that come in and disrupt certain markets like Netflix. Because Netflix at that time, when Blockbuster was a juggernaut, they were small. But if they had a little bit more foresight to foresee where the market is going, then Blockbuster will be here today. So always look at the small guys. Don't ever look down on them because you're bigger than them and you're doing more business than them. Sometimes you need a fresh opinion coming to a market, especially when you've been in a certain industry for so long. So those are the three takeaways I really want you to get from this. I hope this really helps you change your mindset, I would say, on how you should be looking at innovation. And that innovation isn't just about technological innovations. It's always just about finding new ways you can serve your customer. Just remember, it's all a perspective and it's all a mindset. As long as you focus on constantly improving every single day, then you're fine. Just make sure that you don't slide right back into the comfort zone because like I said in a previous episode, the success trap is terrifying. The more you do well, the less you're willing to learn because you feel like you know it all. So don't fall into the success trap and constantly find new ways to keep innovating your business. But that's all I have for you today. I hope you found value in what I had to share. And it would be really great if you could rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. It really means a lot as I'm trying to continue to find new ways to add value into your lives. But like I said, that's all I have for you today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plan to Fail. If you're thinking of someone who needs to hear this message, spread the word by rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. If you're like me, you're probably wondering, what are the first steps to building a solid foundation for success? My advice is to start by redefining your relationship with failure, learn how to embrace it by understanding its importance in both your personal and professional life. To help you get started, I wanted to give you a free copy of my ebook, Failing Forward. This book will give you the tips and tricks needed to help you redefine what failure means in your life and provide the clarity you need to achieve success. Go and download your free copy at planofail.net. Remember, you can achieve the life you've always wanted. Thank you so much for being part of this community. And until next time, stay hungry.